Runners Radio is brought to you by runners.com and the Runners Red Zone. It's the only running coaching platform you will ever need. There's no thinking, no planning. We do all of that. Just put us in your ears and away you go. 45-minute quality running sessions, strength and conditioning for anyone, yoga and much, much more. If you're wanting to take minutes off your PB, run a marathon or just beginning your running journey, then head on over to runners.com. That's R-U-N-N-E-Z.com and get started. Rightio, let's get on to the show. Previously on Runners Radio. He's a 2016 Olympian. He has been a two world champs and he's only just beginning. He's a good Victorian, which we love as well. Lukey Matthews, I welcome you to the show, brother. You pulled the trigger nice and which was good. And it's, it's a tactic that you've used so well in the past. And unfortunately, D. Radisha had a couple more gears that uh, he's got more gears than anyone that's ever put on spikes, unfortunately. I just missed out on the final, but mind you, Three, blo- three or four blokes who've made the final have now got drug drug, uh, drug bans, so should have been in the final. You were so young when that happened. So, so bloody young. Um, and to turn around... And then um, you take us through the next few months. I think it was just straight to your mum, I think. Um, you can take us through that. And then she's done a brilliant job, as have you, in just getting the ship right on track over the last two years, barring a bit of injury. Yeah, so I, I think that the biggest thing is that I kind of came when, – when I was at World Championships, My because he was my coach and my manager. And the way that athletics works is is that you kind of have to have a manager because if you don't have a manager, you don't – you can't actually – they're the ones who make all the plans for you. They're the ones who book your flights. They're, well, I'm, once again, I'm, I'm slowly learning. This is it's, it's a lot easier than what it was. But at the time, my assumption was that you know you, you got no idea. It's it's a, it's just tough to do without a manager. Um, so my all I wanted to do was get a manager and try to get a coach as quickly as I could. Um, so at the World Championships, I sat down with coaches. I sat down with managers. I sat down with as many people as I could, and I ended up ended up deciding on a coach and a manager. And it was a manager from the United States and it was a coach from the UK. And this was a guy, He, the, the coach who I spoke to was the father of one of my good friends and uh, who was also his coach. So it was going to be a perfect setup because that season he'd run 145 and 334. My PBs were 145 and 335. So I felt like it was a perfect fit for us. Um, and then it got, to, it got to like September 2017 and I was... I just kind of felt like the the fits with both the coach and the manager weren't going to work well. And uh, after sitting down with mum, who'd coached me through pretty much all my junior career, um, we just, I just thought that the best thing for me was to go back to her just because I think, um, I don't know, just, 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 I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it was, but I just always had confidence that she'd be able to take me to the next level. And, um, so yeah, I pretty much, a month later after the world championships, I sat down and I changed coaches again. And then I also spoke to another, another manager and I, and I changed to another manager and um, ended up being one of the best decisions for me because that's still my manager and mum's still my coach. And I think for me personally, it was, you know, because I had such a messy breakup with my coach slash manager uh, being Nick, um, I just felt so, 
you know, so vulnerable in this kind of weird, tricky situation that is professional athletics. And n- not to mention is that, you know, we kind of had to get a, it. It was September, October of 2017. And it wasn't as simple as saying, oh, it's all right. Like we can be fit in July or August. We had to be fit in February to qualify for a Commonwealth Games in April. So I felt so much pressure on so many levels that I had to prove myself prove that mum was a, a reliable coach. I also had to get myself fit enough to be in a position to qualify again. And then I also fucking had so many people doubting me. So I kind of just had this chip on my shoulder where it's like, fuck, like, am I really going to let this fucking, you know, get the best of me? Um, but yeah, I think, you know, kind of a, a month or so of mum and I just, you know, it was like we're fixing a jug, jigsaw puzzle with, trying to get training partners, trying to get people around us, trying to get my dad on the bike. We ended up, you know, getting a, a decent situation and I ended up having some pretty solid training through the tail end of 2017. Um, and I just was, it was just so unknown, like how I was going to go that year because I just, not that I was doing too much different training. I just, it was just, uh, I was training by myself, just training with mum, dad on the bike. Um, and then, you know, a couple of young kids here and there um but I think the biggest point for me where I actually you know took a took a step forward was that um in that year I went up to I went down to Tasmania for the um for the Christmas gifts and they're just pretty much you know essentially store uh, like store gift but there's three or four of them down in Tasmania and I went down there and I did two grass miles off scratch and my first one was 407 and I thought you know what that's okay like pretty decent and then my second one I ran a 401 mile on grass and I thought to myself, I was thinking, gee, if I'm running a 401 mile, I must be, I must be pretty fit and I must be going pretty good. Um, the day after Tasmania, I went up to Falls Creek for two weeks and went uh, for three weeks and I had some of the best training I've ever had um, doing hill session, cave sessions, just thresholds, whatever it might be. I was just flying. And then I came back to Melbourne for a week and I did, three awesome track sessions went up to Canberra and raced all the best 800 meter runners in Australia and ended up running a 145 eight. And I think I beat everyone in the field. And then I just remember thinking, gee, all right, I must be going pretty good. And then what was it after that? I ran a, I ran a four minute mile about a week later with a, with a 152 last 800 um once again thinking all right I must be going pretty good and then I got to the national championships and I kind of I felt like I did back in 2016 I felt like I had this massive um target on my back and the way that people were portraying it to me was that you know I essentially had to to fall over to to not win and even though it's really good to have that kind of I suppose positive positive reinforcement when someone says to you you better win this or you know it's all you I just think fuck there's so much more pressure on me um but yeah ended up going to the going to the nationals i ended up having one of the best races of my of my life and i in, I, in the national final i ran a 145 but i went 54 first lap and a 51 second lap which uh i thought yeah which was just you know probably probably one of the best ways to run, like a, to for me personally one of the best ways to run an 800 to, to negative split it in, in with such a quick second lap so um that that put me in some um in some really good confidence leading up to com games and then yeah six weeks later was the commonwealth games um 
pretty much had, you know, six weeks of perfect training. And uh, to top it off, I ended up, I went to the Com Games, thought I was every chance to win, but ended up getting third. And and um, at the time, I, I remember being a little upset about coming third. But then when you when you step up on the podium and you get a medal around your neck, it's you, you slowly realise that, that getting the medal's uh, pretty decent. Mate, you're, yeah, you're a bronze medalist at the Commonwealth Games, representing the, the um, Aussie colours on Australian soil in an event at Commonwealth Games that, again, like, uh, all the track events, but middle distance especially, is just he's bloody tough. It is stacked. Uh, they, they're, they're all there. The Kenyans are there, okay? The, the, all the Af- A lot of the African nations are there, and, and, of course, a lot of the Europeans as well. So... Um, it's a bloody tough event, Lukey. You're a bronze medalist and no one can take that away from you. I know for you, it's only the beginning, which is why why you will continue to do great things, mate. But that that particular meet was pretty special for many reasons, coming off what you've just articulated there to the listeners, buddy. Um, I guess we'll touch on a bit of the training with, with your mum, but take us through the uh, celebrations that evening, great man. Um, yeah, well, it was, it was a bit of an awkward one because, um, I, uh, after the national championships, because I, I'd, I'd run decent over 1500 in 2017. Um, I was maybe semi-final for the 1500 at world championships the year before, and I had the second quickest qualifying time for the 1500. And then I was also, I'd also won the national championships for the 800. I was in this uh, position where the selectors gave me a good idea that I was going to be selected for both, both the eight and the 15. Uh, and I, I sat down with mum straight afterwards and I just said, you know, what, what do we want to do here? Like what's, what do we honestly think that we're more of a chance to win a gold medal in? Um, and we kind of sat down and said, look, like um, I think that I'd nominated for both events, but um, we said, look, like I think um, the best, the best thing to do is to just go for the 800 and, at the time, I was training with a bloke called Sam McEntee, who's who's now my training partner, and he also had an A qualifier for the 1500, and the 1500 meter ran, and it kind of the way that it worked out was that Ryan Gregson and Geordie Williams came first and second, and because they both had A qualifiers, and only top two was guaranteed, it kind of pretty much meant that the third spot was going to go to me, uh, but because Sam had finished, I think fifth in that race. We said to the we said to the quali- to the selectors, Mum and I, was like, look, like our focus is going to be the 800. Would it be, like if I don't go for the 1500, uh, can Sam take the spot essentially? And the selectors said, look, if 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 Luke doesn't go for the 1500, we're not going to select anyone. So I was pretty much in a position where it's like, hey, Luke, you're fucking doing the 1500 whether you like it or not. <laughs> um, which at the time was perfect i the way that i had been training leading up to the com games i thought that i was every chance not i thought that i was a good chance to hopefully win the 800 and then hopefully get a medal in the 1500 um unfortunately for me um like i said i'm, I'm one that's super nervous over, overthinks everything uh but the, the negative to that is when i run well or have a good result i just use all that emotional energy in all the wrong ways and bloody jumping around and can't sleep, buddy, you know, just struggling to keep my emotions in check, which is something I've tried to work on for, you know, pretty much since Com Games. Um, so what just leading into that was that, uh, you know, if if you, for example, were to, 
were to win a bronze medal at the Com Games, I think your first assumption was that you'd go straight down somewhere in surface paradise and just get as many drinks as possible. Um, as soon as I got the bronze medal, I had to do an hour of drug testing. I had to cool down, get a massage, get an ice bath. Um, and then I had to go home. I got back to the village at two o'clock, uh, eat. And then by the time, and then I got into bed because I had to be up. I'd be up because my 1500 meter heat was at 10 AM the next day. So anyway, I, I, yeah, so I didn't get to celebrate immediately, but I ended up doing the 1500 meter heat, making the final. Um, and then we had two nights. So the, the last night of athletics and then the closing ceremony. And yeah, I tell you what, that, uh, that last night of um, that, that uh, the first night that we got free, that was awesome. We were bloody myself, all the athletics team. We went out to some nightclub with all, with every, everyone, swimmers, athletes, um, triathletes. Uh, we ended up bloody swimming in surface paradise beach with about 20 of us ended up going back into the gulf into surface somewhere. Yeah. And I think I got home at about six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning. Good boy. Um, and then the next, and then the next night we had the closing ceremony and ceremony and it was uh, essentially the exact same thing. So yeah, even, even though I think, I think the one thing which I reckon you like about me is that I do know how to have some a fun on the flip side, you know, as soon as I get the opportunity to have a beer to, to let off of some steam, I'm the first person to put my hand up, but I'd say that, you know, I am, when I go to a training camp in the lead up, I'm probably one of the hardest workers out of anyone I know. So I think that I equally make up for it before the race as I do after the race. Often that's the way, mate, but you don't do what you've done without that fastidious work ethic either. Like you can't, you mm. can't possibly do. And that's, I think people just assume that. And, and we've heard famous stories about your training, um, I guess, fastidious nature of it and the way you just get the job done and continue to yeah. work. But you can't suffer like you suffer as well in races if you haven't got the money in the bank already. So that money in the bank, yeah. whether it's at Falls or overseas and overseas training camps or whoever it's around Albert Park or Lakeside or wherever it is, it's it's always there. And I know this convo, I'm going to get to a bit of the methodology and, and I guess what we, we might as well get to it now because that was a period where you should have been a world championship finalist, like you really should have been for – Four runners got um, definitely found out to be dopers later. So you should have been a world championship finalist, a, a Com Games bronze medalist, and, and a Com Games finalist in the 15, all within the space of about eight or nine months. So in that period, um, I guess methodology, buddy, and take us through an average week, six weeks from a big meet for you. So just take the listeners through six weeks out from a big meet, um, an average week for Lukey Matthews. And then uh, in the same breath, um, what would what's your, some of your sessions or or workouts or or whatever that may be that you're a really good responder to? Like what what works for Luke Matthews that might not work for like another 800 guy or a miler? Yeah, well, I think I think for me personally is that um you know I'm a if I'm an 800 meter 1500 meter runner that uh, is kind of you know emphasizes a lot more on the endurance side, and I think that's why I'm you know I, I am a I, well, uh, an Olympian over 1500 as well as 800. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me is that like, you kind of have to look at the whole year as a 12 month clock and you have to be pretty smart about what type of training you're doing and when, and how your week is built up. And, um, you know, kind of being involved in the, the, the Nick Badeau Melbourne track club, um, 
environment for so many years. It's, you know, it's pretty simple. Three hard sessions a week um, with a long run, jogging twice a day on the other days, and then doing two or three lifts every week. And to be honest with you, I've, I've kind of kept that, um, kept that kind of uh, week breakdown pretty consistent, uh, like even through now. So um, only up until recently, we've gone from three sessions to two, but say leading up to the Com Games, um, we were, yeah, doing a lot of, so the way that it would work out was that we would, I would always call my Tuesday session would be my strength session. So I, I think the way that we train, it's called like VO2 training or VO2 max training, but the way that mum and I describe that is like almost 3K and 5K pace stuff. Um, so, you know, we might do 8 by 1K or 10 by 800 or uh, we might do, um, you know, miles and mile, mile 4400s, mile 4400s, um, stuff like that. So I, I like to call it strength and it's kind of, for me, it's the stuff that's just fucking uncomfortable. Like the stuff that just like, yeah, you see, you're not sure if you can get through the next rep, but it's just that uncomfortable pace where it's not quite sprinting, not quite aerobic, or it, it is aerobic, but not quite. Yeah, it's just just uncomfortable. Oh, and for me, yeah, I think that's, strength's a good way to aerobic power. There's there's look, it's yeah. all it's all very it's all very painful. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thursday for sessions are my pure, I suppose, aerobic days. So. You know, we'll probably do like an 8K threshold run. Um, I used to do them a lot at heart rate. So um, we get it tested with VO2 testing, you know, with your heart rate, what lactic you produce. And for me, you know, I'll do somewhere between 7 to 10K at about somewhere between 305 to 315 pace, depending on where my heart rate is that day. Uh, and then Saturday, I call that my speed endurance day. So um, the... At the, at the start of the year, it'll be um, hills, a lot of hills. And then as we get closer into the um, into the season, it'll be pure track training. So no rep longer than 600 metres. And it'll be anything from 40, 49 second 400s to 60 second 400s. And yeah, it'll be, it'll be paces somewhere in that block. So... Um, if I can think of sessions that I did leading up to Com Games, maybe what is it, six weeks before? Uh, I remember doing a session um, on the Tuesday. It was we did um, three sets of ten by three hundred, so thirty by two hundred. So three sets of ten by two hundred, so thirty two hundred essentially. First set of ten were in twenty nine, second set were in twenty seven, then the last set were in twenty five. All with so the, the last set had more recovery, first set had less recovery. Um, a Thursday, I think I did 7Ks just hard, which was at about 3.08 pace. And then on the Saturday, I would have done something like um, 600, 400, 200, you know, by three or something like that. And that, that would have been at like 130 pace, you know, 53, 54 pace, and then the 200 at like 24, 25 so, yeah, as you can probably understand, a fair amount of endurance and also a fair amount of speed endurance. So I think that's why the, the 8 and the 15, that training, it, it's, uh, it shows that I'm pr- usually pretty good and got a fair bit of um, strength in that last lap. And you could definitely – like that, that's a pretty solid uh, week. And I wanted to go to that specific phase mainly, like that six to nine weeks out. 
from track or three to three to nine weeks out from a big a world meet. But um, that's why you could definitely step up anytime and run a five thousand at at a world class level when you want to. Like hopefully it's not that far away. Maybe only a couple of years. Um, is that in the is that in the plans? Oh, oh, look, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, I think the step up for me personally would be a lot harder than I think a few other people, just because I think my, my style just is not efficient for, for, for running five Ks. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm hopefully, I'm hoping that I've got a few more years in the eight and 15. So I haven't you thought about have. stepping no. up any, <laughs> I haven't thought about stepping up anytime soon. You certainly have. Tell us about the long runs, I guess. And it, it's not they're they're purely for an endurance and an aerobic strength base um, for most milers. Um, tell us about the long runs. I'm not sure if you went to Fernie Creek or, or where you did most of your long stuff at that phase. Um, yeah. Would you go the 90 minutes, two hours, two and a half hours? Uh, yeah. So um, I of late, I'm trying to think. I Back probably from, yeah, 2015 onwards, I started to put a lot more emphasis on my Sunday long runs. Uh, and it would, yeah, when I was with Nick, it'd be every Sunday, uh, 90 minutes up at Fernie Creek. So just up and down hills. And uh, you, I wouldn't worry too much about pace just because the, the workout of going up, down, you know, single trail, there was just enough stimulus in that that you'd get a, that you'd get a good enough workout. Uh, so I wasn't too fussed about, you know, pace. Uh, but then I think, yeah, pretty much going uh, from that. I, I've pretty much kept that up until up until recently. Where you know, when you're doing ninety to a hundred minutes on your on your long runs, uh, you you don't have to worry too much. You don't have to worry too much about pace because I'm doing three other sessions on other days. Mind you, I'm still probably hitting around four twenty to four thirties for pace for you know twenty to twenty four k or whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, so yeah, pretty much just time on the legs because I'm getting three sessions in. But going forward, um, I think now uh, instead of doing my Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, my Saturday session will become my Friday session. And then my Thursday session, which is my aerobic threshold sure. kind of session, that'll be now incorporated in my Sunday long run. So uh, going forward, given that I'm, I'm healthy and all things are going well, I'll probably try to do something like um, a 24k run, and we'll we'll call the first 24 uh, 14k 420 pace, and then we'll try to do the last 10k at say 320 pace. Love it. So we're really yeah. So we're incorporating that um that threshold um yeah that 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 threshold kind of running into a long run, and I think as well as that I think doing two sessions, well let's call it two and a half sessions as opposed to three will just give you a fair amount of longevity across the whole season. Cause as um, I kind of touched on in 2016 and 2017, I was, you know, I kind of got to May or June and I was, and I was pretty cooked. So I'm hoping less training, less wear and tear on the body. It, it, will, it will be good for me in the long run. I think so. And there is more than one way to skin a cat as well, Lukey. And, and that's the thing, like mm. the ability, um, like there's so many coaches that do so much good stuff and, and um, your mum's done fantastic, and you guys obviously have you got a fair bit of say in the plan as well. But the, the Tuesday Friday 
and then that yeah that half workout on a Sunday, whatever you want to call it, twenty four k. It doesn't always have to be the threshold. If you're not there that day, you you, you jog twenty four k. Just depends where you're at from the Friday as well, which is the biggest thing. Like Tuesday, Friday is your main sessions, and you know that that's in there. And then the Saturday, the Sunday is what it is. Especially if you're feeling like if you're feeling like you were in twenty sixteen, there's a chance you're probably not going to run that anything at threshold. You just run twenty four k at an easy pace, and that's that's the um I guess the experience that you get from having those moments. But the fact is you're so young too. So you learn from that stuff. Um, and the easy running, like I know you like most guys, you're going to tell the listeners how important the easy running and easy jogging is for regeneration, because there's no point doing the workout stress plus rest equals growth. So if you're not going to, there's no point doing the workout and then going to flog yourself 24 hours later. So I'm no, no doubt the easy jogging, mate, you do a fair bit of easy jogging as well. Oh yeah, I do. Well, I'd say I'd probably do in a normal week if I was doing my three sessions. I'd do a double on double on Monday, a second run on Tuesday, a second run on Thursday, and then a second run on Saturday. So what's that across that whole week? There's probably seven or so easy jogs as well. You're coming off a pretty a bad planet tear at the start of the year. So to, how's the body as we speak right now? The not to date this episode too much, but it's nearly Christmas 2020. Uh, yeah, look, 2020 has been a, a bit of a challenge. Um, I feel like I've gotten something new every week. So, uh, tail end of 2019, start of 2020, I had planner, um, had, uh, you know, I, I, my, the, the thing is with planner fascia is that realistically, because it is such a, a tough thing to tear, if you can deal with the pain and you can get enough treatment in it, you, you can kind of run through it and, I had that mentality kind of January, February, March. Um, and then by the middle of March, I just, I just, um, I, I, I was at the end of my tether and I ended up getting a cortisone in it. Um, cortisone was, was, was good for the planner, but unfortunately I, I ended up having a cyst in my heel as well. So um, yeah, I, around that, that kind of first couple of weeks of March, I was, I was struggling pretty hard. Um, but yeah, yeah, fortunate. I mean, it was, it was an unfortunate circumstance, but, um, fortunately for me, the Olympics got canceled. Um, and yeah, like I said, in an unfortunate manner, but, uh, when I found out the news of that, I was just, yeah, honestly a sigh of relief. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an opportunity for me to just, just get my body right and just get healthy. Um, so yeah, for the next two or three months, I, I really, I, I wasn't running. I was in a moon boot. I was seeing my podiatrist every week, getting uh, every, yeah, once a week, just getting um, shockwave. I was seeing physios. I was seeing everyone. And they pretty much said to me, just don't run at all. Just bike, cross train, do whatever, do whatever you can that doesn't put any pressure through your, um, through your plan or through your foot. Uh, and then started back running, say start to the mid of June. Then I got a quad niggle. Um, so I've probably got about two months of training and then I got a quad niggle, had to have a couple of weeks off from that, got some training back under me again. Um, and then last, probably about a month, a month ago, I started to get some Achilles pain. And then, uh, then I found out well, two weeks ago that I had Achilles bursitis and tendinopathy. Uh, so then I had a week of anti-inflammatories and then I saw my sports doc again yesterday and I just got a cortisone in my Achilles. So um, so yeah, 2020 has been more off the track than it has been on. Um, I've probably seen 
you know, someone in allied health twice a week, probably on average this whole year. Um, so yeah, it's been, been pretty rough. Uh, and I'm in a, I don't know, I was, in, I was in a position kind of, you know, July, August, where I thought I was moving pretty well. And if I had kept the progressing, I would have thought, you know, it's going to be a great tail end, tail end of the year, start of the year to get some racing in. Uh, now I'm in a position where I'm still cross training. Um, still pretty confident that I'll go all right next year, but we'll, uh, hope, hoping that this quarter zone does the trick. We're very confident, mate. As long as you can get on the track, you'll be fine. Actually, get running, you'll be fine. So um, I know that all the listeners will be more than pumped. To, after they listen to this show, they'll be all over Lukey Matthews. Look, um, such a big future. Tell us about, I guess, the big, some little quick, fire, quick fires now, Lukey Boy. Um, your big tips for runners running the mile to the 10K, or in general, just give, give the listeners, like in under 30 seconds, some of your big tips for um, trying to improve their running? Um, I think the biggest thing which I've learned over the past few years, and one of the first things that Nick said to me is that you want to have your training weeks look as similar for as many weeks as possible. And, you know, whether you, whether your goal is to run 60 Ks a week or hundred Ks a week, just hit that number and try to keep it around there for as long as you could. So I think that for me just means consistency, like, you just have to, whether you're bloody lifting weights, whether you're bloody trying to kick a footy around, I think it's just consistency. Um, and another thing as well, it's something that, once again, it was so cliche to me when I was so young. And I say this pretty much every time I'm on a, on a podcast or doing a talk, whatever it might be, is you just have to enjoy it. Um, I've, I've learned this year that, you know, when I, when I haven't been enjoying it, it's the worst sport ever. And when I wasn't enjoying the sport, when I was, you know, fighting with my coach 2017 and, cooked 26 then I was like how do I how am I going to stay in this sport so you just got to enjoy it and I think for me that's just trying to always yeah do new sessions have new stimulus buddy meet up with new people just just try to keep the sport as fresh as possible even though it can get very stale but but yeah so consistency and yeah do whatever yeah you, you just have to enjoy it Brilliant tips, mate. And yeah, continuity is king, as we know. Consistency is king. And it's not about one or two sessions. It's about months and years and the sum of all of its parts. And that's coming from one of the world's best. So I appreciate that, Lukey. I'll tell you what, Lukey, what's your – the mile is the Blue Ribbon event. Uh, it is the greatest event on the track. We've, we've heard history. There's books about it. There's everything. Who's your favourite miler of all time? I'd have to say – look, I, I, was, I was one of the ones, you know, grassroots athletics. I'd have to say – you know, the, retired now, but probably Mottram, even though he technically, he's got the Australian mile record. I'd say he's not probably not known as a miler. Uh, okay, growing up, uh, I'm going to say Matthew Sedgwick now. He's probably, you know, he's probably my, one of my, like, probably one of my favourite athletes to watch, even though I haven't actually raced him, but he's essentially someone who I have to compete against. But when I was, when I was training, when I, when I was growing up, I used to really look up to Ryan Gregson and then he became my training partner. So Still got a fair amount of a lot of sorry, fair amount, a lot of respect for him. But um, yeah, I, th- I think Centuits uh, at the moment is probably one of my favourite milers. Yeah, three pretty big names. Oh, Buster, obviously, you got a lot of Buster about you and the way you do many things. And obviously, yeah, Greg Gregson and Centro are miles in the traditional word. Um, Centro ran only a week ago and won won the B B heat and and he's on his on his way back. And Gregson, the little king, is just a little little genius. Just keeps working, just keeps getting, just keeps getting it done. Um, and you guys will be racing He's each other. 
for another few summers, no doubt. He's a little, he's a little master. He's a champion. Um, tell us about the rich history of Australia. Do you know, like, you're a student of the sport, and we're near these little quick fires. Do you know much about the Australian mile history? And tell us about, um, I guess, following in the footsteps of blokes like Herb and, and blokes like this, and, and the Landies of the world. So you are, you're right up there now. Yeah, no, it's, um, I think, well, I think everyone, well, I'm not going to say everyone, but I think anyone that's pretty involved in athletics, you know, knows about the, the story of uh, John Landy and uh, Roger Bannister. And um, Roger, I think Roger Bannister was the first person to run under the four-minute mile. They had that famous race, was it at the Empire Games, which is now mm. the Commonwealth Games, that, uh, where Landy looked over his left shoulder and Bannister came over his right. Um yeah, first two people to ever go under the under the four minute mile, and I think I think there's a stat. I think there's been more people climb Mount Everest than there has been going to four minutes of the mile. So uh, they were the first people to ever do it. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, actually, I think the first time. Yeah, actually, this is actually pretty cool. So uh, the first time I ever ran under the four minute mile was the 2016 Vic Mile Championships, and it happened to be the hundredth running of the Vic mile championships. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of went into it. There was, there was also a, there was a prize kitty. I think if you broke the meat record of three forty eight, uh, three fifty eight, you got a thousand dollars or 1500 bucks or something like that. So my thought was, uh, let's try to run a three fifty eight. And I didn't, I didn't even think, I didn't even think about anyone there. And then just as I'm about to start the gun, they just go, Oh, we've actually got a, you know, a special treat here and a special guest. Um, John Landy is going to be presenting the field tonight and then also presenting the medals. So just as we're about to go, we have John Landy handshaking every single person. That's, so that's amazing. I thought that, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that that was pretty cool. The first time I ever broke four minutes was my medal was presented by John Landy and it was all, I was also introduced by John Landy. So that was cool. Um, and then, yeah, Herb Elliott, yeah, what was he undefeated across uh, his whole career? 1960, I think. Yeah, 1960. Uh, gold medalist. Uh, for 1500 um, and yeah and I, I'm pretty sure our PBs are, are almost I think he ran a he's run a 354 mile and a 336 1500 which at the moment I think I'm only I'm a touch quicker than him over the 1500 and I think his 1500 is a mile is like identical but yeah I I uh, I think you probably kind of answered it pretty well a bit of a student of the sport so the the um, kind of the 60s running and then also the 80s yeah. 70s and 80s um, British British mile running, they're kind of the the, the British mile running um, history is probably probably some of my favourite. Yeah, I love the British stuff as well. Uh, we're not going to nerd out too much, but like I love the I guess we talked about before the more than one way to skin a cat. I love the the differences between Harry, Harry Wilson and Steve Ovet, and then you got Seb Cow and his old man, and then obviously Cram as well. They their their methods were very different, and um and they obviously all had some pretty big success. Um, who was your favourite out of those three, mate? I think growing up, it was always Co, um, but now I'm probably more a Cram man. Cram. But once again, it's one of those things like um, Ovet um, lives in Australia, so I've, I've got got to hang out with him a few times. Cram coaches a heap of uh, a few athletes in you know, Europe, so I get to I get to have a chat to him all the time. And then Sebastian Co, um, he presented my medal at Com Games, and we got to hang out for an hour or so beforehand. So. Uh, once again, it's like, you know, I, it, it kind of feels weird like saying this, but these are people that I like genuinely idolize and I, I've actually get to hang out and do some cool things with them. So 
Um, so on a personal level, all of them, because I've actually got to have a chat to them. But I think uh, on a performance standpoint, I think I think Co's got the results on the board. Then it goes Ovet. But I think for me personally, my favourite was um, the way that he used to go about it was pre cram. What about your last three minutes, Lukey? You've just gone John Landy presenting and announcing you just to those three UK icons in the last three minutes of Convo. That's quite large. And I'm glad we went in that little mile history because I do I'm a, I do love it and I love um, hearing from the best smilers in the world about what they think and, and their history knowledge. And I know you've got plenty. So um, that, that's brilliant. We're nearly done, mate. You've been massive. Um, tell us about the future. Um, because obviously it's a good decade or 15 years of running ahead of you. So um, what, what are your big goals? And be as outlandish as you like. Um, what's the future hold for Lukey Matthews? Uh, yeah, look, I think I think for me, like, I, I'd i love to get another piece of silverware, whether that's, you know, I, I think Olympics and world championships, they're, they're bloody hard things to do. But I think that if you run... I think, I think for me personally, I, I would really, I just really want to run my best races of that year at an Olympic Games, a World Champs, and at a Common Games. And, you know, for my, my, my goal for as long as I've wanted to, like for as young, from as young as I was a kid, was to be an Olympic gold medalist. And I'm not going to say that that's impossible, but it's, you know, it's like saying, you know, I want to win Tap Potter. It's, it's, it's sometimes, uh, a situation which you know may not come your way because there's only one one medal handed out every four one gold medal handed out every four years for your event or maybe two for my case but um but yeah i think for me personally i want to go to an, uh, another olympics another com games another world champs whether it's a maybe a couple more of each um and yeah run my best hopefully run my best race in the final of even 800 or 1500 of those championships and if that's good enough for fourth if that's good enough for if that's good enough for first, then that's. Uh, I, I think. I think that I, I'd be able to walk away happy from a championship if I ran my best race. Uh, if one of those happened to be an Olympic gold medal, then that'd be ultimate goal. But, but yeah. But then, it, yeah. I don't know. I think as well as that. Um, yeah. I. I think just. I'd. I'd love to be someone that. Um, no, no, just because I feel like I've. I've done a little bit in the sport. I've. I feel like I know a lot of the sport. I'd like to do something eventually onwards afterwards, whether that's coaching or management or just, I don't know. I think Athletics Australia could be ran a little bit better, but, um, you know, being involved in some way. But, um, but yeah, I think obviously, yeah. I think, yeah, goals, I don't know. I'd love to be an Olympic gold medalist, a world championship, uh, world championship gold medalist and Cobb Games gold medalist, but... The, the, no, leave it there because that, that's brilliant and that's honestly it's doable i know you got yeah we'll talk about the sport for a minute or so but like you you could have like that 2016 1500 you like that that the olympics i'm talking about there like that's that they're winnable events they're winnable events. like you said if you if you're there on the right in the right time and you haven't been able to just through possibly out of your control um be able to feel good on the day like if you can say my only goal is to feel good on the biggest stage of all then, then what else can you want? Like, fuck, you, you're gonna, you're gonna at least present in the best possible state, and then all you need is is three and a half minutes of of a bit of luck, or, or yeah, a minute. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, and it goes across any sport. Like, um, you know, bloody big big NBA fan, and LeBron James has had some absolute massive games in NBA finals, but um, 
just couldn't do it. And I, I think it just showed, or even AFL grand finals, you know, Gary Ablett in 2008 got 35 odd touches, probably kicked a goal and he just, it just wasn't good enough to beat Hawthorne. But I was there, I Luke, I'm, I'm a Cats man, yeah. I was there. So thanks for rehashing that for me. <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, it's, it's, it's what I'm trying to say is like, think that he'd be able to walk away saying, hey, I wasn't able to, he's obviously upset about not winning the premiership, but I don't think he could have played any better. No, no, it's, it's a great point. And um, I think, yeah, you, you'll go to many big meets, world meets, Olympics and world champs. And, and all, all that you've talked about the last uh, 95 or hundred minutes will, will hold you in good stead because I don't, I don't reckon like you're quite an intelligent dude. You know what what you've done, and you know that you were such a young bloke when you when you got that stuff wrong. Not that it was your fault; you got it wrong. You used to, you, you was overtrained half the time, so it won't happen again. It certainly won't happen again. Let's talk about quickly. I know you got uni and business, so you love the business side of it. Uh, that's a bit of future, and go through the Matthews Matthews team and Under Armour as well, and that this this will this will tee us off. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I think yeah. Away from running, I'm I'm doing a um doing a commerce degree uh hopefully get that done i'd like to get it done by the end of the end of next year but might might have to dig into one more year so longest longest commerce degree ever but <laughs> you're a van there. wilder you're uh, a van wilder remember van uh, wilder uh, at uni for a day no mate you're you're doing a year at a time i'm taking the piss <laughs> um yeah so i got so yeah hopefully get that done soon um and then yeah away from that i uh i think one of the things which uh, I think I definitely helped create being, I suppose, the, a bit of the brand of it uh, was, yeah, m- the the team that uh, we've started that mum has kind of obviously kept going, which is, um, yeah, Team Matthews Running. So uh, it's kind of a, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic that we have where we have uh, kids who, you know, message mum or message me even or message our uh, Instagram page and say, hey, we just want to learn how to run. We just want to learn how to put one step in front of the other. And then you've got people like, you know, myself, Morgan Mitchell, Sam McEntee, who might might go to the might three of us might go to the Olympics next year. So, um, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good group where you kind of see pretty much everything. So uh, it's good. So yeah, mum's for mum's got mum mum looks after a handful of schools. She looks after. I don't know. She'd have to. She'd have to be somewhat involved in about a hundred odd athletes, and yeah, it's from you know fun runners to masters runners to kids that don't know how to run to to yeah three Olympians. Well, us three went to the last Olympics, um, so yeah, that's one thing that I I think. Um, not, I'm not going to say that I was fully responsible for, but proud of being somewhat involved in you know starting, um, and then as well as that, yeah, I think um, very fortunate for the support uh, that. Uh, Under Armour have, have given me pretty much from 2019 onwards. And that's not just me personally, but also, you know, giving back to our group. So fortunate enough that uh, they give us a little bit of kitty and a little bit of uh, gear to to give to the kids every year. So it's, um, so yeah, it's good. That's really nice. That's that's really nice. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's, that's what sport's about. And um, yeah, they're obviously an up and coming in the running market, but they're in the top two or three in the world. Is that right? So they're just done. They're just in the top. Yeah, two or three. I, I, I always thought that they were the third biggest brand went Nike and Adidas, but then my sister seems to think that they've moved up into market cap into position number two. But um, I don't know. I th- I'm just pretty sure that we're on the podium. So they we'll, definitely we'll are. Take a uh, we'll take a poke. It's it's yeah. good for a young. You got a young 
a young team. Look, you're only you're only three years old. You, you're a very young runner still, mate. A very young runner, and and Sam and Morgan are as well. So, and obviously the the youth of Victoria that um, your mum's coaching as well. So it's good that the young team and a young running brand. Let's call them a young running brand, even though they're number two. Um, we, we think they're number two in, in the world as far as exposure. Like you think of underarm, you think of NBA and, and obviously fighters and boxers and that kind of stuff. But they're, um, they don't usually stuff anything up. So they've put everything into into this as well. So they, they want to get it right, which is pretty exciting, I think. So um, we've spoke of the future. I think we're nearly done. But is there any – like for the listeners um, – if you don't know Luke, make sure you get on his socials. He's 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 just one of the the more um, laid back, but also, like I said, hardworking and genuine people you'd ever want to meet. So you'll just think like you're down at the local footy club, and he, he's fantastic. But he's also a highly elite athlete. And when we spoke Olympic gold only five or six minutes ago, um, that's that's not anything to sniff at. And not many people get on shows like this and talk about Olympic golds. But he's not talking about it. Um, without the the money in the bank he's got plenty of money in the bank and he's going to put another um three or four years of money in the bank but of course tokyo next year so the national champs if we can get you on the track great man um is the qualifier are they the where the two qualifiers march april is that right yeah so the nationals are in um i think they're the end of april so uh the only good thing is all these races are a little bit later than normal so i've got a little bit more time up my sleeve but uh but yeah, just I don't know. You you've got me at a you got me at the tail end of an interesting year with uh, injuries and health and stuff like that. But uh, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, trying to do everything I can that this is the last little last little thing that I that I have. But uh, but yeah, touch wood. But um, but yeah, I think just touching back on that, you said some uh, some very kind words, and um, I do, do appreciate that. And then at the same time. Um, yeah, I think, I think for me personally, why, why I've always been pretty laid back is that I've, I've kind of come from a pretty, from a hardworking family and I've got very, you know, down to earth and, uh, very normal friends. And, um, I think that's just kind of always been something that's stood by me. And I even think back as well, when I was a young kid, you know, like, not that I'm saying that I'm on the level of, you know, Craig Mottram or anything like that. But when I was a young kid, all I wanted to do was, was speak to people, speak to people like that. And, I think now where I'm in a position where people might want to have a chat or get some advice or something like that, I feel like I'm I'm usually a pretty, you know, my door's always open type thing where I'm replying to bloody Instagrams and messages and stuff like that all the time. So, um, you know, I, I just remember that if anyone was a bit of a, a prick to me when I was growing up, whether they were a professional athlete, I'd, you know, they, they usually, yeah, usually just kind of stayed with me. So I'd like to think that I haven't run anyone by the wrong way. And I won't do that in the future. So that's why I'm always usually up for a, for a bit of a chat. I don't think anyone could ever say that about you, mate. You're one of the greats. Um, we thank you. But I tell you what, runners, um, you'll have a lot more fans. If they surely you know Luke already, but if you don't already, you'll be following Luke right through the summer, the Australian summer, and on, on to the Olympics next year in Tokyo because we've got everything crossed that that will go ahead, of course. Any parting words, Lukey? No, oh, nothing off the top of my head, but just uh, thanks for having me. It's been uh, it's good to been good to have a close to a two-hour chat just about <laughs> running and uh, and things that I'm passionate about. We have kept you for two hours. Imagine we got stuck talking on footy. It'll be another hour, mate. But I'll I'll let you go now. Uh, yeah. We we really appreciate your time, and we'll follow you. Won't be, we'll get you on a couple of stories, and we'll we'll get Lukey. Um, we'll follow Luke, Lukey's journey for the runners team. But thanks for your time, buddy. And uh, and runners, guys, look please. 
do something today that's going to make you better tomorrow. You can start by listening to the last two hours of Lukey Matthews over part one and part two. He will be going to Tokyo in 2021.